God is good, amen. God is good, amen. As Coach said in his prayer, this is kind of the end of a season. Uh, it's a season that I, I typically love, uh, I, I enjoy. For me, it starts in October with the anticipation of Christmas coming, with the anticipation of gifts to be brought, with, with the anticipation of Thanksgiving coming, with turkey and two dressings. Yes, two dressings. I enjoy this season. October starts, the, the leaves start to change, and November comes, and we go to Beaver's Bend as a church, and you can really see the leaves out there. You can enjoy the cool breeze starting to set in. Then this year, we all gathered at, at our house uh, as a family, and we had our first Thanksgiving in our home, which, by the way, I feel like it was the best Thanksgiving yet. And then Christmas comes, December comes, December 15th happens, it's my birthday this year. Uh, I'm sitting there, you know how the waiter asks your age, and you tell them, and they're going to announce it to everybody in the room and sing you happy birthday. I said, well, I'm 38, and the, the waiter looked at me, and then looked at the room, and said, this is Jared, and he's 28. And in that moment, I realized that I've reached an age that he felt like it was embarrassing to say, and it was really hard for me to eat my birthday cake. I said hard, not impossible. And Christmas morning, kids are opening their gifts. Christy and I haven't done gifts for each other in, in years because we just truly enjoy watching the blessing of our children being there. This year, Gavin got him a dog. Reconsidering some life choices I've made. And it was just a blessing for us to watch him run in. He's wanted a dog forever and, and just hold his new puppy. And there's this excitement. We sing songs. We, we, we sing songs about joy to the world. And, and we truly mean it because we're just filled with that in our hearts. And last Sunday here in our church, we had this wonderful program. Let's give it a clap because it was so good. A wonderful program. In fact, Coach said he, he wished it was 30 minutes longer. The singing was incredible, praising God for what God has done, knowing that God is with us, Emmanuel. There's just this excitement in the air. And if Randy was here today, he would say, you have 360 more days to shop till Christmas. But then this excitement starts to drop. January 2nd, January 3rd happens. You're back at work. The excitement dies down. You start taking the ornaments off the tree. You start putting the tree away, which, by the way, I got to skip out on this year. I helped Clay put up a basketball goal while Christy did all the getting rid of Christmas. But as you're putting those ornaments in the box, you're taking down the lights, kind of the excitement goes along with it, doesn't it? You sit back in the normalcy. You wake up, you head off to work. Your kids are back at school. Maybe your, your kids are you're shuffling them to different practices. Homework in the evening, laundry in the evening, going to Walmart again to buy more groceries. And it's just kind of coasting. 
once it was exciting and then now it's just kind of calm. But then something may happen. And once you were praising God with your hands lifted high, thanking Him for all that He done, you might find yourself in the still of a night on your knees whispering, God, are you still here? God, are you still with me? That's what I see, uh, this correlation of, of the season coming and going. I see this correlation with our faith. I see this correlation with the Israelites. Just in Exodus chapter 14, God delivers them out of Egypt. He parts the waters. They go through it. He rescues them, and they are singing, and they are praising, and they are rejoicing for what God had done and what God is doing, and they are thanking Him that He is with them. Chapter 15, there's a song about it. But then chapter 16, normalcy has kicked in. They started wandering a little bit more, their stomachs started to growl a little bit, and then their voices began to grumble. And you can hear in the desert them wondering if God is with them. Then a little bit later on, they're at this mountainside, and Moses kind of parts from them to go closer to God. And as they're around this mountainside, these people who were once singing songs about God being with them in the silent of the night a whisper breaks out among the people. Is God with us? Is God still here? I know this last 18 months for me has been a roller coaster ride. <clears throat> there have been moments where I am praising God for all that He's done. And I know that He is with me and He is around me and I see Him clearly. And then there's been moments when I've found myself in the dark of the night on my knees only to a whisper a fear of others might hear me say, God, God, are you still here? Are you still with me? And I know if in my 18 months that I've experienced that, this has been one of the hardest 18 months of my family's life. We've been through a lot. Our family's been through a lot. I know if I've experienced that, I know someone in this pew here, in this room here, has experienced that too as well, where they've been in moments where they are praising God and thanking Him, and there's bright lights and there's songs being sung about how great God is, and then... You go about your day and life happens in that normalcy and you find yourself wondering, is God with you? This writer in Psalm 77 asked the very same question. I stumbled upon this a couple weeks ago. And as he cries out in the scripture, I've heard that in my own voice and I've heard that in some of your voices too as well. So let's go and be with him as we open the Psalm 77.
starting in verse 1. I cried out to God for help. I cried out to God to hear me. When I was in distress, I sought the Lord. At night, I stretched out untiring hands, and I would not be comforted. I remembered you, God, and I groaned. I meditated, and my spirit grew faint. You kept my eyes from closing. I was too troubled to speak. I thought about the former days, the years of long ago. I remember my songs in the night. My heart meditated, and my spirit asked, Will the Lord reject forever? Will he never show his favor again? Has his unfailing love vanished forever? Has his promise failed for all time? So right here in this moment, this writer is, is, is putting on page things we've all thought and felt at times. That at some moments we've sung songs of praise, but then there's been times when the season has passed and things have happened and life kicks back in and we fall down and we whisper or we cry out to God, are you still with me? Have you forgotten me? Do you hear me? Is your unfailing love still abounding in my life, God? And I think these seasons happen often because that's our culture. We're surrounded by seasons of life and seasons of things that go on. There's ups and there's downs. My question and my challenge for myself as I, as I looked at this and, and that I want to portray to you guys today is what can we do about that? What's the answer to dealing with the seasons in our life when we whisper out to God, are you still there? Do you hear me? Are you still with us? What's the answer? He continues. Let's read. Verse 9, or verse 10. Then I thought, to this I will appeal. The years when the Most High stretched out His right hand, I will remember the deeds of the Lord. Yes, I will remember your miracles of long ago. I will consider all your works and meditate on all your mighty deeds. Your ways, God, are holy. What God is as great as our God. You are the God who performs miracles. You display your power among the peoples. With your mighty arm you redeemed your people, the descendants of Jacob and Joseph. The waters saw you, God. The waters saw you and withered. The very depths of were convulsed. The clouds poured down water. The heavens resounded with thunder. Your arrows flashed back and forth. Your thunder was heard in the whirlwind. Your lightning lit up the world. The earth trembled and quaked. Your path led through the sea. Your way through the mighty waters. Though your footprints were not seen, you led your people like a flock by the hand of Moses and Aaron. The writer here says, I will remember. I'll remember what you've done. I remember how you did this long ago. I remember how you did this for my people. Moses in Deuteronomy 
challenges the people, calls the people, urges the people to remember. Remember everything the Lord your God has done. Remember it. Because they would forget in the times when life was just coasting, when the schedule got busy, when the appointments were made, when work was to be done, when groceries were to be bought, they would forget. And he wanted them to remember. So Moses is in Deuteronomy 6, says, remember, put it everywhere where you can see. Remember. Because there's going to be times where you ask the question, is God with us? And I want you to remember. Jesus, with his disciples, before he is, he is closing out his time with them on this earth, he's having this meal with them. It's a special meal, a unique meal, but, but nonetheless, there's this meal that he's having with them, and he's around this table, and he grabs this cup. He says, take this cup. I want you to remember. When you see this cup, I want you to remember. I want you to remember the times that we walked together, the times that we talked together. I want you to remember when we were in the boat and we caught all those fish. I want you to remember the laughter we had. I want you to remember us walking through the crowds of people and people were being healed because of the work that God was doing through me. I want you to remember that time that we cried because someone was hurting and we held their hands. I want you to remember, guys, that I've been with you. I want you to remember that. And when I thought of this image of this cup, of Jesus holding this cup to him and saying, I want you to remember this. In my mind, it's a common cup. It's a cup that they would probably use often. It was a cup that was there at the table. Maybe what was in it was, was, was very symbolic, especially for that feast, but it was a common drink then around them as well. And this cup was a common cup. It wasn't a specially made cup. And I started thinking some of my common cups. One I just recently got. It's a coffee mug my sister sent to me. World's okayest brother. Okayist, all right? I know she thinks a lot of me because she had it specially made. So I'll take okayist since it's specially made. But it's a common cup. And when I drink it, I think of her. I think of growing up. I think of the times when she was in the military and she was at boot camp or in training or something and she would send me different things from the military that I questioned whether I was supposed to have that or not. But I thought of her when I would hold this cup. And I would think of the times that we were together growing up. I've got another cup. The number three dead. I know there's a trend going on here in what people send me. Okay, it's brother and number three. Shay got me this. Uh, and at first I was trying to figure out what it meant, but then she explained it to me. There's a guy who, who said, you know, uh, there's no way I can be the number one dad because God is a father and you know, he's the best father there's got to be. I can't be a number one dad if God's a father. And in all the world, there's probably at least one dad out there that's probably better than me. Let's just face it. So he said, I'll settle for number three, dad. And so Shay got me this cup. But when, 
this sits in my often, office often. And I'll have to tell you, when, when Randy moved here, he was drinking out of it, and I didn't like it. Uh, <laughs> but I got it back from him. But when I hold this cup, I don't just think of Shay who got it for me. I think of all three of my children. And I think the joy they bring me. And it gives me some energy during the day when I'm feeling a little down or tired. Because it's from my kids. This cup, it's got balloons on it, hot air balloons. Uh, I don't know if any of y'all recognize this pattern. You might have seen it at some point. This was a pattern, I believe, that my grandparents either gave my parents or they had at their house. I don't know, but when I look at this cup, excuse me, <clears throat> there we go. When I look at this cup, I think of my grandmother. I drink out of it often, and when I, when I hold it, I think of being in their house. Where's the first time I actually had coffee? Because my parents wouldn't let me, but my grandparents would, because that's what grandparents do. <laughs> but as I hold this cup, I remember. I remember my grandmother and what she meant to me. This cup is only a partial cup. It got broken during our move. It had ducks all over it. I still have the other pieces. And I plan to fix it and not drink out of it. But this is a cup that I got from my grandfather when I was probably eight, nine years old. And I was told by my grandmother that he drank out of this cup nearly every day. Now, this isn't a cup I've ever drank out of, I don't think. But this is a cup that my grandfather, for every day, for like 25, 28 years, would lift up in the morning and would drink out of it, and he would think of me. All the way while he was in Plymouth, Michigan, and I was down in Florida or in Texas or in Alabama, wherever my parents drug me. But he would hold that cup, and he would think of me. This cup, I have it up here for two reasons. One, standing in front of a bunch of people looking at me oddly makes me nervous. So I need some water. But two, this was my father's cup. When he preached or when he sung songs, led singing, he would, he would drink from this cup towards the end of his life. This is the cup he used. And I grabbed it and I kept it. And I've used it. Every time I've preached, I've had it up here with me. And here's the deal. When I grab it in the mornings, it sits in my office. There's a spot in the cabinet that sits in my office. I grab it, and I pull it out, and there's a pause. There's a moment of pause. You with me? And in that moment of pause, the question that I ask in silence the question that I get on my knees at night at times and ask in a whisper, are you with me? In that pause, yes, I am. I'm with you. See, there's something in that pause 
when we take any of these cups that takes place. Just like when I was a child, we had these insulated cups. It was before the Yetis were, were out, and they had a, it was all plastic, and it had this, this top to it, and there's a little hole, like for an air hole, but we would, my dad and I would be mowing out in the yard on a sunny day, and my mom would bring this cup, this, this, I can remember, it was red with a white lid, I think, and she would bring this cup out, and it would be full of sweet tea, ice-cold sweet tea. And at eight years old, my dad would take a drink, and then he would hand it to me, and I would, I would sip that back, and I could smell that sweet tea and that cut grass and feel that sun and that sweat, and I just felt something, you know. Well, the summer, I was mowing. Gavin had been out there with me, and my wife brought me a glass of sweet tea. And the moment that I, I, I pulled it back, I smelled that smell, that cut grass, that sweet tea, that sweat, and I felt that sun. And in that moment, I was zapped back to 1988. And I could see him. I could hear his voice. And that pause when we take that cup and that pause, we get connected and reminded that they're with us. So my last cup. This is one of the most common cups that I drink out of. It's a set of one of four. Uh, so there's three more at our house. It was given to us for our wedding day. Uh, and we didn't bring them out to like a while into our marriage, I guess because we thought they were really nice and we shouldn't touch them. I don't know. But in the mornings, especially on the weekends, on the Saturday, I'm drinking this out of this cup right here. And I'm looking outside my window in my, in the, in my dining room. And while I'm looking outside my window in my dining room and I raise this cup, there's a pause that takes place. And I see something. It's a picture of people standing there, ready to work on my yard, ready to lend a hand on a house that my family and I had just moved in. Is this picture right here. This is taken from an actual photo uh, of the day that several of you were able to make it out to our house. This picture comes to my mind often as I drink my, my coffee out of this cup as I'm looking down the driveway there. But it doesn't just stop with this picture. See, I see the people coming in. I can see some of your specific faces, yes, but it's all just kind of this blur image coming to me. And I also sit there and I drink out of it and I think of the times that people here have, have just given a, an encouraging word that have given me a big boost after a Sunday morning or just on a Wednesday night, that have hugged my neck or, or wrote a card saying thank you for what you do, or our sympathy goes out to you for the passing of your grandparents. 
I, I, I think of the people who, who drove the Quinlan and back just to be with us while we were having my grandfather's funeral. I think of people visiting us at the different times that we've had to be in the hospital for various reasons. I think of you guys when, when I've been scared or concerned and I know you're praying for me. I think of you coming down the driveway to, to help me work on my house, to, to put in some light switches, or just to be with me. I think you'll be showing up when I have a retreat to help me get things loaded, get out the door. But I have to tell you, just like in Psalm 77, when he comes to the end of it, go back and look at it. Verse 20, you led your people like a flock. Is reflecting on what God has done. And he adds, by the hand of Moses and Aaron, he puts some tangible people in the midst there. So when I look at this picture, there's tangible people. It's, it's God's family, God's group of people, believers, who are doing something. But when I look at it, I see God being with me. I see God there. And he's answering in the season of me questioning whether he's still there or not. He's answering, yes, I'm with you. Because there's nothing, Jared. There's nothing that can separate you from me. Nothing here that you can deal with, that you can face, that will separate me. Because I'm with you. I'm with you always. I'm especially with you through my people. In church, as I close out 2018, I want to say thank you. From the bottom of my heart, because there's been nights where I whispered to God, are you with me? And because of what you have done in my life and my family's lives, the answer has been yes, I'm here. And I always will be. So may you, may you in a season of, of going through the normal day life, May you, in a season where you're looking behind a time when we've sang joy to the world, that you do not forget to pause. To just take that one moment where you just lift up your glass, your cup, and you pause and hear God say, I'm with you. This church has shown me that. And I know that it desires to show you that too as well. And so if you have any need, there's a time that we, we have made to where you can come and we stand. And, and the last time I, I spoke and, and I talked with you guys, I, I shared how when we stand, that represents that we are standing with you. There's a time that we do that. But there's also Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday and Saturday that you can call on anyone here. 
So if you have a need, please come as we stand and sing.